Outlaws and Scorned Women is intended for entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this show should ever be construed as actual legal advice. Now, normally this is where I'd drop a dire warning about adult content and suggest some listener discretion, but honestly, this episode is about as lighthearted as we get. So, Buttercup, if you want to buckle up, you go on right ahead. Just know that it's optional this time around. So remember that one episode where we were like, look, so many of the things that happened here are uh, are related to the people we elect as public officials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just it's a highlight. Every time I see something now, I'm like, yep, we elect our attorney generals. Yep. Uh-huh. We elect mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. prosecutors. Yep. We elect our governors. Yep. We elect our senators. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And our congressional representatives and our, and all the way up. Our city council people oh. are, oh my gosh, so many vital positions in our government mm-hmm. are, are people that we install. We have control yeah. over mm-hmm. some of these outcomes and they're within our range. We could be agents of change if we wanted to. Uh, right. And even if there are positions that are extremely influential in our democracy that we don't specifically directly vote for, we do vote for the people who appoint those positions. Mm-hmm. And so we are still and those people. It, I, I have to remind myself, especially now in ye old 2020, that elected officials are our employees. They work for us. And so uh, we get to have a say in what that position does for us. And yes, we have a say in the organization of government and what Mm -hmm. it gets involved in, how Mm -hmm. much it's involved in the issues we designate important. Um, It's important to also remember, we get to make the policy choices. We get Mm -hmm. to decide how much of an issue any issue really is. And I think about that right now. Um, Even if you don't feel like you have say over the major waves that are occurring at the top of our government Mm -hmm. the masses provide legitimacy for what our government does so Mm -hmm. it still matters what the people what the majority of people what you know very loud bands of people think right so uh what we're trying to say if you can hear the sound of our voice is vote please vote (sighs) i don't care how you vote just vote participate in our democracy there's a lot of obstacles in the way regardless of politics you are a citizen of this country and you have the power and you have the vote and honestly that is that's as into the current situation of this world that i want to get right now so do you have anything else you want to cover before we dive into escapism yeah, just a sec. I did okay, tell okay. you about Sing On that I've been watching yes. on Netflix, and that's uh-huh. a mild escape because it's fun and it's people singing wild karaoke. So we were just <laughs> singing along in the house like we could match the voice analyzers, um, you know, mm-hmm. layers of the tone, but or tune, 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 tune. Um, Netflix also has one of those everything you need to know documentaries about voting the vote and it is really informative and it discusses you know 
the origins like who originally had the right to vote you know while we have Mm -hmm. this originating document for our government that says all men are created Mm -hmm. equal it it wasn't everybody that could vote. Who were they actually talking and, about in that moment? Yes. And then in some of the earliest, um, you know, the earlier eras of our country, there was a period where even non-citizens were allowed to vote. So uh-huh. this, yes. And then it, be, you know, the evolution of mm-hmm. um, voting laws and determining who gets to vote and what the stat, you know, the eligibility requirements would be for voting. All of that is laid out in this documentary. And I think it's, it's worth watching. Nice. Yes. Okay. I just, I feel like, uh, I feel like everything is exhausting right now. Um, so this episode is not, not any of that. It is not a deep dive. It is not no. a, a longing look into the abyss of who we are and what we've done because mm-hmm. um, right now, so much of that is it's permeated the political right. discourse and you can't get the away news. from it. It's, it's right now. It's everything. And you shouldn't get away from it, but uh, not for long, but at least get away from it for the duration of this podcast. We want to provide uh, something, something a little, a little fucking silly, but uh, <laughs> first self-care. we should probably, so this, this podcast episode is brought to you by self care, <laughs> but it's also brought to you by the ladies who are going to remember to intro the show. <laughs> Before they get into the topics, okay. for once in our lives. Uh, hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Outlaws and Scorned Women, the podcast that explores the criminal history of the great state of Texas. Uh, my name is Stephanie. I am a lapsed theater kid who um, is a little perhaps too interested in true crime and uh, and exploring all of the the deep dark corners of the human psyche uh and uh so i made a podcast about it and i invited my friend to join me and she is i'm stephanie i'm an austin mom uh austin lawyer mom who is Mm -hmm. currently sleep deprived and i'm also a remote learning coach apparently hey hey. in addition to the full-time jobs we're also you know, running houses and running around kids and mm-hmm. making 6,000 meals a day. And uh, oh, anytime I open a bag in a kitchen, it's like mm-hmm. out of the woodwork they come yeah. searching for another <laughs> like, meal. What was that? Is that it? Are you what? cooking something? Uh, so we, the, the, see, that's how it's been a minute. This since is we've the done. fun episode. This is the fun episode. That's right. <laughs> so when we're not Practice rearranging. Practice laughing with me. That's right. Ha, 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 ha. When we're not ha, rearranging ha, ha. our cabinets, you know, because we watched the home edit. <laughs> <laughs> we reorganized our pantry. I won't lie. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's what we're, we're decluttering the house right now. Oh. Which, you know, I cleaned out a closet. I found baby pictures. I found a wedding album that I forgot existed. I found all, all kinds of shit. When you find it's a amazing. toddler toy and you haven't had a toddler. I found baby socks. <laughs> I, I legit found dusty baby socks at the back of my closet. Like little bitty baby socks. And of course, standing next to me is my baby oh. whose feet are bigger than mine now. And he's like, whose socks are those? He says in his jolly green giant voice. <laughs> like, they were yours. They were your socks. <laughs> Here, put a, put one on your big toe, just for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, life is sweet and fleeting. My tween is now my eye to eye with me. Oh no. Oh, and she, you know, she can arch her shoulders back and act like she's gonna like square off with me. 
That's adorable. And I just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> because here's the thing. She's she a stiff breeze would still knock her over. That's right. And yeah. she won't fight dirty and her mom will. Her mom yeah. will. Yeah. Because experience teaches you to do that. That's right. I am little and scrappy. Right. <laughs> oh, we'll claw your eyes out. I'll spit. Don't come for me. That's right. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> back to the fun episode. <laughs> back to back to the true crime podcast. Lord. So uh, we do still like to explore uh, Texas and crime in Texas, but we wanted we really wanted an episode where, like, you know. No great and horrible injustices were done upon anybody. Um, nobody dies horribly. Just some is, basic vanilla crime. Just some, just some crime. It turns out there are crimes that don't involve death. <laughs> there are. There are indeed a lot. <laughs> a lot. In fact, I would argue most of them. <laughs> most of the crimes on the books, nobody dies. That's right. All right. So um, now... I have assembled uh, a, a just a, a themed group of of crimes uh, throughout the state of Texas, and uh, y'all that are listening to this, my 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 friend Stephanie here loves surprises. I don't. She loves she loves not knowing what to expect. Damnable lies. She loves just winging it. <laughs> so my she middle name not <laughs> not my middle name not at all my middle name. Uh, no, no. Uh, it makes shock some people to know that the lawyer really likes to be prepared. Um, but uh, she doesn't know half of these stories. So she'll be experiencing these fresh right along with you. All I did was send her um, some, you know, general law questions to accompany these uh, these stories. So you guys get to listen to me torment my friend for the next, I don't know, hour or so, however long this <laughs> show ends up being. So what she doesn't know is it's going to be much more editing when I'm like, I, huh, what? <laughs> who knows? Nobody knows. Yeah, no, that's the karmic revenge. I get it. And I am prepared for it. I embrace uh, it. In law it's school. It's all good. In law school, <laughs> that's what you would feel like. You're always on mm -hmm. call for you don't know the question and you're going to be the big a-hole who can't answer it in front of everybody. So nice. that's well, right. it's not in front of everybody. It's just in front of me. And okay. it's really low stakes because uh, <laughs> you could say almost anything. And unless there's a lawyer listening, like that one listener we have who is a lawyer <laughs> or is in law school, uh, then the, there will be a lot of, oh, oh, not alone. Yeah, <laughs> no, she's that sounds right. Sure. So don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, so let us launch into our first tale. I bring to you the story of, I shit you not, I did not name this. It was named by somebody else at the time that it occurred, the Beefy Crunch Burrito Incident. <laughs> <laughs> the Beefy Crunch Burrito Incident. So let's, let us, let's think about food in Texas. Because uh, one thing we're really good at in Texas is eating and eating well. And there is a specific genre of food that is native and specific to the state of Texas, and that is Tex-Mex. Oh, I love Tex-Mex. Oh, my God. Like, oh, Tex-Mex is so glorious. It's not Mexican food. It's not American food. It is its own cheesy, greasy, spicy, magical... Um, and uh, I think it's safe to say, and you, you can agree or disagree, uh, that every city in Texas has its own, like, rock star Tex-Mex restaurant. Uh, at least. Like, if you go to that city, 
yeah, if you go to that city, they're like, this is the place you need to go. Right? Like, when I was growing up in Houston, it was Nymphas. You go to uh, Mama Nymphas. Yeah. That's good. But in Austin, pop quiz, in Austin, if you had people visiting from out of town and you wanted to recommend to them a Tex-Mex restaurant, where would you send them? In Austin? Mm-hmm. Oh, probably. Okay, when I was living in South Austin, it was Little Mexico, hands down. There you go. So good. Um, mm-hmm. Up north, I'm not sure because we're like, we haven't really, the suburb I'm in, Mm-hmm. We haven't really decided what our go-to is. There you go. So, um, see, I I would say like for the Austin area, particularly if they're tourists, send them to Chewy's. Oh, tour. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. the happy hour um, nacho boat. Yeah, there's like there's a nacho bar. It's the creamy jalapeno sauce for me. So like I could do shooters of that. I could lick that off of a flip flop. It's so good. And isn't a menu item? A big as yo face burrito. Specifically Y-O apostrophe. Big as yo face burrito. Um, I do know a couple of uh, listeners who are hardcore fans of Maudie's, which is more of a South Austin do like uh, Tex-Mex. Uh, who I, They're probably tapping out a text to me right now. Uh, so stop it. I get it. I know. Maudie's. Maudie's too. I understand. There's a stick of butter in the queso. I get it. <laughs> I know. Get the get the cheese enchiladas with no onions. I understand. I understand. Um, in San Marcos, it was Herbert's Taco Hut. Oh, nice. Always Herbert's Taco Hut. Anyway, so every city has its own Tex-Mex restaurant that every that any local will swear to you is the best. And um, I think arguably the city of San Antonio is the Tex-Mex capital of the state. Oh, period. Absolutely. Hands down. Just hands down. And the pinnacle of Tex-Mex cuisine in the city of San Antonio, Texas is Taco Bell, right? (laughs) Taco Bell? No? Oh. (laughs) Well, according to one gentleman, one fine Sunday afternoon in San Antonio, Texas, uh, 37-year-old Ricardo Jones, who was apparently a big fan of Taco Bell, he had a wicked craving for the Taco Bell Beefy Crunch Burrito. Now, <laughs> the Beefy Crunch Burrito at the time uh, was a brand new menu item. So it was it had a special for 99 cents. You could get a tortilla filled with quote unquote beef, warm processed cheese sauce, rice, reduced fat sour cream, and Fritos Flamin' Hot Corn Chips. All wrapped up in the tortilla. Sounds like a dream. It actually sounds amazing. <laughs> not going to lie. But anyway, so uh, Mr. Jones, he has his craving and he has this craving pretty regularly. So as he does every other day, he goes to Taco Bell, his friendly local local Taco Bell, uh, and he puts in his order for his his usual order for seven beefy crunch burritos, seven of them. Okay, so at the first window, he puts in the order. He goes to pay and he is expecting to hand over seven dollars. Because it's 99 cents each. But the cashier informs him that, to- that the total is more like $10. Because the price went up. The special was no longer in effect. We went from 99 cents to $1.49. Oh. On the beefy crunch burrito. And I think, I, I think Mr. Jones speaks for all of us when he says this is an outrage. So he demanded to talk to the manager. And the manager came to the window. And Mr. Jones responded... By pulling a gun and firing through the window at the manager. The manager dodged the shot. 
And Ricardo Jones pulls off. The police are called. They arrive within minutes okay. uh, because you don't open fire at a fast food restaurant without consequences. Wow. I have heard. Uh, so by the time the police arrive, uh, Mr. Jones is in the parking lot of the Taco Bell. He's waving a pistol and an assault rifle, which he apparently also had in the car. He's waving them in the air. He sees the cops coming. He jumps in his car and he drives away. As okay. soon as he sees the cops, a high speed chase ensues. Ugh. Reminder, this is over burritos. No, okay. this is over a price hike. An unexpected right. price hike. <laughs> How dare. <laughs> so high speed chase. It goes for a couple of miles before the cops finally force him off the road. So he hops out of the car. He grabs his guns. <gasps> he fires at the cops oh my God. while he's running away. He goes to a nearby roadway inn. And barricades himself inside of a hotel room. So at this point, we have a standoff situation. We have a man with guns barricading himself alone. He's holding himself hostage inside a hotel room. So the SWAT gets called. So the San Antonio SWAT teams come out. They station uh, sharpshooters. They take up positions on the roof of the Skyline Food Mart across the street from the roadway inn. A full-on standoff ensues. They're trying to call into the hotel room. He won't answer. They're shouting into megaphones, and he's shouting through the window, and they're trying to negotiate a peaceful surrender. Three hours later, they've reached an impasse, so they finally just shoot tear gas through the window of the hotel room to flush him out. This is, And he finally, he finally comes out. Oh, my God. He is subdued by the SWAT teams, and he is arrested, and uh, <laughs> Ricardo Jones is arrested and he is charged with felony aggravated assault of a police officer. Okay. He is not charged with attempted murder because, I think, the guns that he fired, the pistol and the assault rifle, were BB guns. Oh, wow. Is that what he shot the store with? Uh Uh-huh. BB guns the whole time. At no point did he have lethal ammunition. So a three-hour standoff with the cops, entire SWAT teams deployed, sharpshooters on the roof of the gas station across the street. All of this done for about $3? About $3 uh, worth of the price difference. And and he never did get his burritos. Oh, my god! Which I think we can all agree is the real tragedy here. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So my question to you, my lawyer friend, uh, does it matter... I mean, it does does the weapon that you were using impact what you were charged with? Well, as a matter of intent, right? Yeah. If uh-huh. you when you commit these serious crimes, there's the the weapon you use, a lethal weapon mm-hmm. will be an indicator of your intention to cause that level of harm, a lethal harm. Mm-hmm. And with um aggravated assault, there's usually this um, notion that the attempt is to seriously injure, to cause serious bodily injure, injury to the mm-hmm. the victim. So I think it would matter in some sense that the the weapon you're threatening to use, you know, didn't have the ability to cause that level of harm. Right. Um, but there are uh, those assault charges can be aggravated. Mm-hmm. For certain reasons, those are their special circumstances that will make them um, that will elevate the class of of crime. And Mm -hmm. one of those happens to be that the assault is against a public servant 
during mm-hmm. the course of their work in that capacity in the capacity or in retaliation for an official lawful exercise of their duties as a civil servant or public servant. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that's why you're looking at an aggravated assault mm-hmm. of a peace officer. And, you know, so the threatening to use the, the BB gun and the fact mm-hmm. that the BB gun could cause any measure of har- assaultive harm just mm-hmm. got enhanced under the circumstances. Oh, okay. So if he just just firing the BB gun like at the manager at the Taco Bell, not the reason, not a reason for an aggravated charge at, at your glance. You've got that. Don't don't pin me down to a decision face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe um Listening to it, because assault uh, or the, you know, when I was looking into aggravated assault, I think it's clear Mm -hmm. that there's this, um, it differs from regular assault in that um, the serious bodily injury element Mm -hmm. of it. Um, You cause physical injury to another or their spouse. You threaten a person with physical injury. So I guess Mm -hmm. it would depend on you know that that bb gun's ability to actually cause that now if you're swinging it like a stick and you hit somebody with it mm-hmm. that's that might be a different it depends on the the facts you know in the actual scenario so i think in this case it's the fact that that crime was committed against a public servant against police officers yes and in, <laughs> in the in the performance of their duty that's they were right in fact chasing him down at that time oh and <laughs> Mercy. So there's my favorite video on the internet, like Mm -hmm. from the early days of when I saw a video that was, I guess it would be viral. There was a woman that I don't know what special circumstances were driving her, but she wanted chicken McNuggets. Oh. And chicken McNuggets were not available. They didn't have any. And she's screaming through the window. Yes, you do. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, we don't have any. And she yells something to the effect of, don't make me take my, don't make me assume my ultimate form. <laughs> and she tries to climb into the, through the drive through window, the restaurant, and they are trying to slam the window shut to keep the crazy enraged potential transformer out (laughs) and this reminded me of that so much like what i had an expectation and it will be filled right or there will be consequences right not take two burritos off of my order and only give me five (laughs) beefy crunch burritos i want all seven and how dare you don't make me assume my final form my ultimate form. my ultimate form i'm gonna do that from now on anytime my kids step to me i will tell them don't make me assume my ultimate form <laughs> I, I need to that's be there it. for that that's where we're at <laughs> i love that i love that and uh what how much msg was in those fritos man you just need it <laughs> And it just, I didn't know that there were flaming Hot Fritos, but according yeah. to the Taco Bell menu, that is a thing. Okay. Like, I thought we had, like, there was, like, spicy barbecue. And there's chili cheese. Chili. Yeah. God, the chili cheese Fritos. <sighs> That's They're ridiculous. So <laughs> They're so good. You cannot breathe in the vicinity of anyone for Sorry. hours afterwards. I don't care how many times you brush your teeth. It stains your breath. It's like a Takis. So good. If you put mm. Takis in 
one of those. <gasps> right? I. Oh my God, I need Takis. I'm <laughs> having taco night on Monday. I know we were supposed to do Taco Tuesday, but you know, we are rebels and we'll never be any good. Um, so we're having taco night on Monday and I might need to order some Takis from Amazon. You need to um, <laughs> put tell me how tacos. it goes. These are some that plans. Would be amazing. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, is that is that it that we've got on a yeah. basic glance? I mean, a shallow dive into aggravated assault. Yeah, of I, a peace I, officer. I think it's interesting though that um, the yeah, just know that sometimes the the crime, you know, there's the basic elements, but then there are circumstances that will enhance or you know mm-hmm. that will cause you to be um, guilty of a more serious offense based on right so um moving on to our next story i think it is important to understand for any of you listeners and i can't imagine how many there are who are not from texas (laughs) how how seriously we take meat in this state it's very very serious i mean we're a cattle state right yeah longhorns and it's in our it's it's in our dna and so seriously, in fact, you remember Hurricane, the last time a hurricane came through, uh, coming up to the Gulf Coast, uh, there were... <laughs> Is that Laura that you're talking about? I think so. I don't know, because aren't we like way past the end of the alphabet now? Are we? Anyway. Okay. So the last time a hurricane came uh, raging up onto the Gulf, the Gulf Coast of Texas, H-E-B, um, the grandest of all grand uh, grocery store chains... God, God bless H-E-B. I'll second that. Uh, they're really, really good about putting shopping limits on certain <laughs> items whenever there's going to be a rush. You're already giggling because you know where this is going. <laughs> whenever there's going to be a rush on supplies, like when everybody and their mama was buying all the toilet paper, H-E-B was like, you get two packs and that's it. We will not check you out if you have more than two. Like they put limits on it. Well, when there was, and there's always... Whenever there's a natural disaster, like a hurricane looming, uh, there's a rush on stuff like toilet paper, panic water. Everybody's got to buy their water. And apparently, according to H-E-B, brisket. Brisket. Brisket was limit two per customer. Because apparently there was going to be some crazy hurricane barbecues going on. I don't know. But brisket, y'all, if you don't know what brisket is, it is an enormous hunk of beef averaging 12 to 15 pounds per package like and it's just a big slab and brisket properly prepared is the food of the gods if you're into consuming meat if you're not into consuming meat then pretend i didn't say that but oh so we have a love affair with brisket uh you get any texan talking about barbecue and brisket is going to be at the top of that we don't care about chicken we don't care about your smoked turkey we don't care about uh, about your sausage although i am a sausage snob but that's a conversation for another day um none of that is relevant it's the brisket it comes down to the brisket would you agree i would and i i also think it's worth noting when we were younger brisket was just on the menu at your barbecue place you loved it you got it mm-hmm. and it wasn't $20 a pound. Oh, my God. Yeah. it's so It expensive. has become so expensive. It's crazy mm-hmm. because that was just, no, it's sliced meat that's been smoked and and rubbed in spice and it just melts in your mouth and it's the most right. delicious thing ever. And sometimes you have it chopped in sandwiches. Oh. Or on a baked potato. Oh, baked oh, potato. So good. Or in a breakfast so- taco. Yeah, or on a pizza. Or on a pizza. Not kidding. Yeah. On it, like barbecue sauce, mozzarella cheese, brisket, and dill pickles. And there is the nothing wrong oh. with that. Some jalapeno. 
Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I had dinner tonight. I swear to God I did. But every single story on this is food related. So I apologize. <laughs> so good. I love it. So, so as you can hear, just by listening to us go on and wax poetical about fucking brisket, we love brisket. So that's what makes this crime particularly heinous. Okay. I'm talking about the brisket bandit. The scourge of the Austin area. Okay. This is back in 2014 when the only thing higher than the price of beef was the rabid appetite of Austin's self-proclaimed foodies. Oh. Everybody wanted brisket. Everybody's experimenting so with brisket, putting it in tacos, putting it in your fucking martini. I don't know. Brisket was everywhere. So there was a lot of demand. And 47-year-old James Cordell Avery came up with a beautiful plan to fill that demand. It was so simple. It was like a poem. Here's what he would do. See if you can follow this plan with me. Okay. You go to H-E-B. Park in the parking lot. Walk in, get a cart. Okay? Take you and your cart to the meat section of H-E-B. Literally fill the entire cart with slab after slab after slab of brisket. These are 15-pound, like, planks of uncooked meat. All shrink-wrapped in plastic, ready to go. Uh... And there, it was like five, six dollars a pound at the time to get brisket, which is insane for beef. But anyway, uh, so he'd fill up his entire cart and then he would just walk out. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the master plan. That was the master plan. Just exit the store. Take the cart to your car. Unload all of like 20, 25 slabs of meat. into the trunk of your car presumably return your cart to the little cart return lane and then leave that was his plan i don't know if mr avery returned his cart i don't i don't know if i'll be so generous he was probably in a hurry (laughs) uh you'd think um yeah it worked is the thing this plan worked this plan worked 19 times get out at different Uh, hebs or the same heb Different HEBs, but occasionally the same because it was 19 times. Every time he walked away with hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of corn-fed Texas beef. And then he would later sell that meat to local barbecue restaurants, to food (gasps) trucks, to anybody who wanted to buy it. because And he had to sell it quickly because who has that kind of fridge space? Honestly. Oh, my gosh. The police took forever to catch him. Literally months of this. Because he had time to do it 19 times. H-E-B was printing up wanted pictures with his picture from surveillance. And it was usually a blurry photo of a man with a cart full of brisket. But they were printing up wanted pictures and putting it by every register in every store they had. So that somebody, please, recognize that a man is leaving with a bunch of brisket and not paying for it. And call the cops. Like friendly Texas, like, oh, surely he went and took care of it and just never mind surely him. he paid for I don't know. I that cannot imagine. That must be imagine. quite a party. <laughs> well, here's the thing is, it's not entirely unbelievable that a grown man is going to buy that much brisket in one go. Because maybe he's got a barbecue competition. Yeah. Maybe he runs a food truck. Maybe he's stealing it and selling it to people who have barbecue competitions and food trucks. 19 times. That's incredible. 
So finally, finally, he was caught in the act at an HEB in Round Rock, Texas, which is north of Austin. An employee recognized his face from the wanted posters and called the cops. And he was arrested and he was charged with theft between the dollar amounts of $1,520,000, which I thought was a really wide range, but okay. Mm -hmm. No restaurants were charged with receiving the stolen meat. Oh. Nobody got charged with that. And though Mr. Avery did plead guilty to some of the 19 thefts, he does deny any involvement when he's talking to reporters, saying that he doesn't even like beef. Quote, I like chicken, man. I like chicken and pork chops. <laughs> what? End quote. What is, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> 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 Why? I think he's trying to tell, despite what he told his lawyer and the courts when he pled guilty to the thefts, uh, he's trying to tell the, the reporters there's no way he could have done it because he likes chicken and pork chops. Oh. He don't even like beef. I mean, like... He likes chicken That's not really chops. me, man. On all those pictures. <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, so, yeah, the charge on that was theft... Specifically between fifteen hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which sounds like a really wide margin. Mm -hmm. Is that common? So, um, is it? Con yeah, the the ranges. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's um, those are amounts that are in the statutes. So theft really is um, the charge is uh, connected to the value mm -hmm. of the lost property, and okay. so. Um, you know, the, a class A misdemeanor and a class B and a class, uh, or no, no, I'm doing it backwards, but a class A misdemeanor and, you mm -hmm. know, felony theft, they're all going to be um, associated with different values of the um, amount stolen. And those are values set by the leg legislature. So some mm -hmm. of those have a wider range because they've been perhaps fixed at a particular level for a long time. And maybe mm -hmm. it gets adjusted to include you know a greater number is it like adjusted for inflation you see i don't know how often they're stole like um you know a class c misdemeanor for um stolen property is um is property that's less than a hundred dollars okay and so then, like a pack of gum i mean right and then a class b misdemeanor is you know from 100 to 750 mm -hmm. and you know um, class A misdemeanor is seven fifty to twenty five hundred, so that, okay. that that widens the range a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are also different um, variables for certain types of property. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't look, but I know that um, you know, for example, if you rob a truck in commerce, like there are different grades for the value of the goods stolen, mm -hmm. and you know what degree of crime is associated with the amounts. And a felony of the third degree is between 30000 to 150000 And there are different um, breakdowns in the statute mm -hmm. discussing how those valuations are made and how they're applied to different types of properties. So it is pretty common that there's going to be a wide range mm -hmm. because they just have to draw the line somewhere. And because the class of the crime is associated with your punishment, mm -hmm. you know, they have to figure out, well, where are we going to cut it off that a person right. is eligible for this many years and a mm -hmm. fine 
of this versus another. So it does seem odd that it's such a wide range, but yeah. Um, I, mean, I saw that I couldn't find any of the like court documents on him, uh, but I saw that specific charge repeated in multiple places. I'm like, I guess that's it. So but that seems like a really wide range. It is. But the other thing is with theft offenses, mm-hmm. um, in particular, the thefts can be consolidated. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like each time he went that amount, it was they probably aggregated all Mm -hmm. of the you know stolen goods and came up with an amount and you know um theft can even conducted over multiple occasions Mm -hmm. can be treated as a single offense so that might be why Mm -hmm. you would want to have a wider range um okay because if you're going to punish somebody for the you know the the greater amount Mm -hmm. then perhaps as a measure of fairness you're going to have a because he was getting away with like literally several hundred dollars worth of meat every time. Oh and that just adds up really quickly. So I was going to say the theft statute, because um, mm-hmm. I was looking at the different, I kind of got lost in the fact that oh no, it, there, it is a very long statute because I mean, it covers, you know, theft of, of property, you know, just mm-hmm. in general, it covers theft of livestock. It covers theft of like um, theft by, removing personal and identifying information mm-hmm. it you know it talks about theft of commercial goods yeah. that are you know being taken so or you know being transported so i'm sure there are particular rules that would apply mm-hmm. to the type of theft and the you know um how we as a society value the protection of certain goods mm-hmm. you know would i just my brain just went to a strange place okay um Legally speaking, think about beef. Okay, <laughs> beef goes through quite a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when it is, you said theft of livestock. So when the beef is still on the cow and the cow is alive, mm-hmm. if you steal it, that's theft of livestock. Mm-hmm. Um, if the cow is already slaughtered, is dead, but has not been parted out yet, as it were. If you just steal the dead cow, is that still theft of livestock? Um, to the extent that you are appropriating the property of another without mm-hmm. their consent, then yeah. So they're also so is it, but is it dead stock? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I did notice in the the theft statute, there's also a whole section on valuing valuations of the property, because mm-hmm. sometimes the things that are stolen are more difficult to assess in terms of what's the value, so that we can decide if it's a you know misdemeanor or felony. Um, mm-hmm. Like certain documents, for instance, what's the value of them? Mm-hmm. So one of the the ways there's um, one of the subsections I read that um, if the other me- uh, means of valuing the documents were unavailable, it was the greatest potential loss, the greatest oh. potential pecuniary loss that could be associated mm-hmm. with the theft of that document. So mm-hmm. um, others statute um subsections talked about the fair market value and how Mm -hmm. you would determine the fair market value so it would depend on the type of property and how you get to value it and then that's how the crime would be defined oh oh so fun so fun no that that is a that is a labyrinth of of pivot tables <laughs> that you have to get into to figure all of that out that's really interesting um but not interesting enough to get me into law school so i'm <laughs> well, glad you went people that me. are in it i'm sure they know it you know mm-hmm. back of their hand they're like oh well yeah. because it's that it 
mm-hmm. you know, is only here. But if you're just reading the code, oh, it's just fun. I imagine it's super open to manipulation, to spin, to to whatever you got to do. Oh, in law uh, school, I had an awesome professor and he would ask, well, why was this case resolved this way? And mm-hmm. this case was resolved this way. And people would just try to come up with these, you know, theoretical um, notions of law and the underpinnings of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the precedent and why. And he'd be like, who had the better lawyer? <laughs> because there are so many points of law that really are subject to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And if you can find that argument, if you can find a basis in the law mm-hmm. or a basis in the facts to say mm-hmm. there's no reason. Yeah. Hold on. We don't need to go all the way. This was this was mm-hmm. really just about a couple extra, you know, slabs of beef, then maybe you can uh, make that work. All right. So that's the brisket, uh, yeah. the brisket bandit. But that's not the only kind of meat that we care about in the state of Texas. Harkening back to our prior topic about Tex-Mex, oh. we have the fajita bandit. No. <laughs> fajitas no, are Mr. so good. <laughs> oh, fajitas are so good. Um it's, uh, I, if you don't know what fajitas are, I invite you to Google it and uh, tumble down a rabbit hole of of culinary envy and ambition and make your own fajitas at home. It's so good. Okay. So, uh, Gilberto Escamilla, he worked at the Cameron County Juvenile Detention Center in Brownsville, Texas. Um, Brownsville is very, very, very the southest of South Texas that you can possibly get. If you go any south or you're in Mexico, it is the only reason that Brownsville, Texas is not the southernmost tip of the continental United States is because Florida exists and uh, Miami and everything south of that in the uncircumcised tip of Florida is there. And that is slightly more south than Brownsville. So... It's very, it's very sad. I just wanted to point that out. Like Brownsville is real far. Yes. Brownsville is notorious for being real far. Brownsville is where you, you know, take a walk across a bridge and Mm -hmm. you're in another country and then you can take a walk back across the bridge and you're back in this country. Or you can go to the beach. It's not that far. And then just walk down the beach and now you're in Mexico because it's just right, it's right there. Um, So. The Cameron County Juvenile Detention Center in Brownsville. I'm trying to reorient myself in my notes. Ah, okay. So Mr. Escamilla was an administrator at this juvenile detention center. Juvie. It's kid kid jail. If you if you are a young person under the age of adulthood and you do a bad, you go to this place. Um, but while he was an administrator of this facility, uh, Mr. Escamilla used county funds to purchase wholesale fajita meat, and then he would intercept the delivery at the juvie. So they would come to deliver the meat to the juvenile detention center. He would intercept it, load it into his car, take it home, and then sell the meat to a select group of customers. Ah. So he was the fajita meat dealer (laughs) in Brownsville. Everybody knew that was the guy to go to if you wanted some cheap fajita meat. Uh, So he did this. For nine years. Nine years? Nine years. The only reason he got caught is because one day in 2017, he had an urgent doctor's appointment. (gasps) And he was not at work to intercept the delivery when it came. Get out. 
So the delivery guy pulls up to the juvenile detention center and he calls inside and he says, hey, where do you want me to unload all this fajita meat? And the receptionist lady says, uh, sir, we do not serve fajitas to juvenile <gasps> criminals. Oh, uh, kid, kid prison doesn't have taco night. That's not a thing that we're doing. And the guy's like, the fuck you don't. I've been delivering fajitas here for nine years. Oh, my gosh. Oops. And so Mr. Escamilla was, in fact, caught oh. and he was arrested. And it was estimated that he had stolen one point two million dollars worth of fajita meat for nine. on the state's dime for nine years. He was charged with theft by a public servant and sentenced to, wait for it, 50 years in prison. Wow. Yeah. 50 years? So talk to me about that. So that seems like a lot of time, even if it's it for meat, for fajitas. Like, I love fajitas, <laughs> but I don't know if I 50 years in prison love fajitas. Well, I mean, clearly over those nine years, he wasn't thinking about the aggregation of those amounts in his crime. So 3109 of the Texas Penal Code um, talks about aggregation of amounts involved in theft. So mm -hmm. basically, um, when amounts are obtained, mm -hmm. pursuant to one scheme or continuing course of conduct, the conduct may be considered one offense and the amounts are aggregated in determining the grade of the defense of the offense. So that's uh -huh. kind of what I was talking about earlier, but I wasn't, I couldn't put it together. So sure that happens. Yeah. So over the nine years, if it was considered this, you know, one overarching scheme, he basically mm -hmm. stole $1.2 million from the county. Mm -hmm. And that is a, that's a significant sum. That's that a lot. of taxpayer that's a of supplied money. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that was, um, you know, that's that's subject to the types of um, it's hard to claim mitigating circumstances when mm -hmm. you do it over and over and over again for nine years. And it's, <laughs> you are um, you work for the county and you are stealing from the mm -hmm. county. So I think even though that seems like an incredibly harsh sentence, mm -hmm. that seems very Texas that no, <laughs> you don't embezzle for a decade and right. and steal a million dollars in value um yeah and you know who knows i don't know what who his lawyer was or um what they were able to you know um do for him uh-huh but uh yeah it seems to me that you know that 50 years yeah um, i mean it does it is pretty insane considering you know if you look at first degree um, or aggravated assault, for example, mm -hmm. uh, it's a felony of the second degree. And that's like mm -hmm. a two to 20 is your crime. And then if it's elevated to first degree, it's five to 99 years. Mm -hmm. So he could be in a cell next to somebody or, you know, you would assume he could be in the same like in the same cell block as a legit murderer. Yeah, I don't know and how they like, do the cell blocks. But yeah, assuming they're all together. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what are you in for? fajitas yeah. <laughs> like, so so i just did some some quick probably not very good math um but by by what i can see uh the total of 1.2 million would indicate that he spent 
about $2,500 a week for nine years on meat. Wow. That's, that's how that would work out. And that's assuming he didn't take time off for like holidays. He probably ordered extra at holidays now that I think about it. Ah. Uh, so yeah, that that is our fajita bandit. Oh, oh, what? You think so, thing? Yes, I did. I put a little star. So an offense oh. described for the purposes of punishment um, mm-hmm. in the theft statute um, is increased to the next higher category of offense if it's shown that the actor was a public servant at the time of the offense and the property appropriated came into uh-huh. the actor's custody, possession, or control by virtue of his status as a public servant. Nice. So just when I was perusing that mm-hmm. and now it seems pretty relevant. So yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like uh, an extra fuck you, dude, because you you not only used uh, public money, but also the fact that you had this job and access to this facility. And, and it hmm. indicates a very strong policy judgment that we do not want our public servants using mm-hmm. their positions as means to engage in schemes like this. There you go. And you know what? I bet he doesn't get in prison. Fajitas. Oh, God. Well, I felt so sad when you said, we don't serve these, you know, the juveniles uh, fajitas. I'm like, why? Why not? Oh, because they're in prison. Anyway, speaking of juveniles. So for our next story, we have to talk about... We have to talk about Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> there are few products more Texas than Bluebell ice cream. Some, you're hitting all of the, the mainstays. You've got the yeah. Tex-Mex, you've got the brisket, and now you've got the Bluebell. Yeah. So, um, like, I grew up with Bluebell. Bluebell ice cream, their, their fac- factory, their production facility is in Brenham, Texas. Did you ever, did you ever tour, like as a kid, go on a tour of the factory? I vaguely remember taking a field trip and then getting a little cup of bluebell yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Like my mom took me on like a bus tour of the blue bonnets in Brenham because the blue bonnet fields around Brenham are gorgeous. Uh, and a part of that tour was going to the bluebell ice cream factory and like watching how ice cream was made and blah, 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 blah. I think that's a rite of passage. Every kid that grows up in Texas ends up walking through the bluebell factory at some point. That's just how that is. Um, so, there are people who say that Bluebell is the best ice cream. Yeah. And it was for a very long time. And then in 2015, people started dying mm. because there was a listeria outbreak at Bluebell. And I, you know, they say they've got it all taken care of. Here we are five years later. Everything's fine. I have a hard time trusting Bluebell again. I know people but- that were waiting for it to get back to the shelves, yes. to pull it off of the shelves. There were countdowns on Facebook. There were fights in the aisles. <laughs> People wanted their damn bluebell. Oh, my mom is one of those brand loyal. The only vanilla she likes is bluebell. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. It's really good. Yeah. It's really What's good. a little listeria if you can get I mean... that old timey? What that's just the price of that moment of utter bliss, obviously, is dying of a horrific bacterial infection. It tastes like your childhood. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not the the Yeah. (laughs) Not Not the the bacteria part, part. the vanilla ice cream part. Vanilla. (laughs) Okay. So in 2019, there was a viral trend online 
of people going to the freezer in the grocery store, pulling out a carton of Bluebell ice cream, opening the lid, because there's no, there's no layer of protection. The lid is the only protection. Licking the top of the ice cream, putting the lid on and putting it back in. This went fucking viral. What? Because there was a post. Yes. There was a post of this video that got tweeted with the caption in all caps, what kind of psychopathic behavior is this? And like, agreed. How fucking dare you? Oh, no. Not, not just, not just the fact that you're totally violating food that that is out in public that other people are going to get into, but also Bluebell. <laughs> you had to violate Bluebell? I just mean... Bessie the Bluebell cow did not milk from her udder this vanilla ice cream for you to lick it and put it back. Ugh. <laughs> the look on your face when I said udder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It, it was right that you went there, but... <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to just mental snapshot of that face for a while. That's going to, just whatever I need to pick me up. I'm going to go utter. <laughs> but it was disgusting. It was completely disgusting. So uh, there was a guy that did it uh, and there was a girl that did it. And in particular, those were the two that were being tracked down. One of them was a teenage girl in a Walmart in Lufkin, Texas. We do not know her name because she is a minor. This, this information is not public. All right. But what we do know is that she posted a video of herself pulling a half gallon of tin roof ice cream out of the freezer, licking it and then putting it back. In response to this, Bluebell sent their ice cream task force. Detectives. Their ice, their ice cream SWAT. <laughs> like, imagine what these guys are dressed like. <laughs> like, do they have little creamery hats on? I have a long Is it in the full white? Thing going on in my head. <laughs> and these. Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Mershka Hargitay in a sensible pantsuit. But it's like all vanilla, all vanilla colors. Like, it just, oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> anyway, they sent them to the Walmart in Lufkin, Texas, to, um, to find out and try and locate the violated half gallon of tin roof ice cream. <laughs> they couldn't find which one it was. They ended up pulling every single half gallon of tin roof out of that store because they couldn't, they, they couldn't narrow it down. And rather than risk anybody, they just, yeah. Um, before the cops knew that this girl was a teenager, they were talking second degree felony charge of tampering with a consumer product for her. Which sounds very serious. However, uh, when they realized that uh, she was a teenager, they backed off on that. Okay. And we don't, again, we don't know what she was charged with because, again, teenager. There was an adult, an adult male, who was uh, also an ice cream liquor. He, his name was Adrian Anderson, and he says that he actually bought the tub that he licked in the video. It just looked like he put it back. But after they hit stop on the record, he grabbed that tub and then went and purchased it. He was charged with class A misdemeanor criminal mischief. So my question to you is, what's criminal mischief? (laughs) So criminal mischief is found in the penal code under the um, offenses against property. It's also Mm -hmm. in the same place in the code where you find like arson. You know, the right because lighting property on fire um, is a way of destroying it. Um, so we are equating 
licking the ice cream with having set the store on fire. So, no, I'm not. I no, I agree. I, I agree 100%. You're right. No. It no, is these just, crimes are equivalent. No, my I wasn't cream. trying to say that. I'm trying to say destroying and destruction and crimes against property. There's all sorts of different types of property, right? There's real uh-huh. property. There's tangible, movable property. There's intangible mm-hmm. property. So, um, criminal mischief is um, where a person without consent, you know, the owner's mm-hmm. not cool with it, intentionally or knowingly damages or destroys tangible property of the owner or mm-hmm. intentionally or knowingly tampers with the tangible property of the owner and causes pecuniary loss or substantial inconvenience to the owner or a third person. Okay. Um, and there are some other ones. And I think that one is... The the definition I just read, I think that one is probably what they were relying on, mm-hmm. because even though he went and purchased the one tub, mm-hmm. the whole difficulty and the loss associated with the video and its right. conduct to the property mm-hmm. essentially destroyed the value of that property because everybody thought it was tainted or contaminated mm-hmm. or they weren't able to sell it. Whereas um, product tampering is similarly, you have to tamper with a consumer product. Well, if you went Mm -hmm. and bought it, then you're not really, you can't tamper with your own property and get charged by somebody else. Okay. So she would have been charged as if she was an adult with this felony tampering with a consumer product because she didn't buy it. She contaminated it and then left it there. Right. Now they probably could have looked at, you know, criminal mischief But there Mm -hmm. is, they probably would have looked at the more specific, you know, penal code Mm -hmm. um, section on tampering with a consumer product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's a, if you tamper with the product, knowing that it's going to be offered for sale, well, um, you know, to the public, or if you um, threaten to tamper with the product with the intent to cause fear to affect Mm -hmm. the sale of the consumer product or to cause bodily injury to any person you've committed the crime of tampering with consumer product interesting and those can be you know those can be felony offenses well yeah because doesn't correct me if i'm wrong but those laws harken back to um like the reason that we have tamper proof tamper evidence seals on products is because of that one guy who was like replacing tylenol the tylenol yeah uh with like arsenic and people were taking something for their headaches and dying. So I, you know, I do know. But that was in like Chicago in the 80s, I think, yeah. 70s or 80s. Yeah, I know which case you're, I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. And I I don't know, I didn't look into the history of when this law arose, but it seems like it is a health and public safety, mm-hmm. you know, prerogative to say right. that public goods and goods that are, you know, for sale at the grocery store or elsewhere mm-hmm. Um, can't be tampered with because that's just dangerous you're you're making you may uh, not just spread disease or cause injury that way but any other good you tamper with could cause could cause harm you know Mm -hmm. taking the safety off of a drill or i don't know i've just made that up but i don't know there's (laughs) there's some machinery you could mess with (laughs) just And actually, that that was a bad example. That would have been a criminal mischief example because consumer product in the section I was reading was food or drugs. And so it really does back up your notion 
that it had everything to do with the uh, product tampering with the Tylenol that happened when we were youngins. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I like that 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 difference between criminal mischief and tampering with a consumer product. Like it, it matters if you bought it. Well, it, it matters if you threatened other people with your actions. Well, and crime against property had, you know, a, the same way theft statutes are written. It matters who has the ability to consent mm-hmm. or withhold consent as to the disposition of property. So, you know, the theft statutes cover things, but like uh, taking property through deception and fraud mm-hmm. You know, the um, criminal mischief provisions seem to encompass more than just, you know, breaking somebody's, you know, tchotchke. Mm. <laughs> I really like the word tchotchke. How would you spell tchotchke? Isn't it T-C-H-O? Is it? I, I have a computer. Because I would say, I'm probably going to cut this part out, but like I have seen it written T-C-H-O-C-H-K-E. And I have seen it written like C-H-O c-h-k-e-y so, so I, like, I don't I, think, I don't know i think it's t-c-h-o-t-c-h-k-e hey siri how do you spell tchotchke you better leave this in tchotchke. t-c-h-o-t-c-h-k-e Oh, also, tchotchke is defined as a small object that is decorative rather than strictly functional, a trinket, or a pretty girl or woman. It is sometimes used as a term oh, in Yiddish huh. for a young girl or pretty woman. Huh. Who knew? Huh. I did not. We learned a thing today. We did. Aw, and today we learned. Okay. <laughs> for my final story, I pivot our attention back to meat. We're going to talk about burgers. Oh, no. Let's talk about burgers. Now, um, every time anybody, I see like listicles and shit on the internet talking about the foods that you must try when you are in Texas. Everybody's uh, pretty gaga about Whataburger. Oh. (laughs) Uh, And I personally don't get it. Ah. Um, It's decent for fast food, I guess. But like mighty fine burger makes a mighty fine burger. We can't do a mighty fine burger. Why not? They have peanuts everywhere. Oh yeah, that's right. There's they all do that the all peanuts. Over the yeah. You you also can't go to uh, Five Guys. No, we cannot. Because literally, go to Five there's Guys. peanuts in the room. Yes, yeah. yeah. Because you're because your little your your tween is violently allergic. Um, Phil's Ice House burgers <gasps> are interesting. Oh, and named after the Austin neighborhoods, the seven eight seven zero four burger is divine. And now I like the Violet Crown. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. The, I think it's the Violet Crown that has like blue cheese and bacon. Ooh. And it's just, oh, it's so good. Um, also, P. Terry's, excellent burger so for the good. price. And they're fries. Like seven, yeah, Legit. like seven bucks. That's that's refillable fountain drink and a decent burger and some fries. I've never really been impressed with Whataburger, mainly because I've never yeah. encountered Whataburger with good service. Okay. And that's despite the fact that when you go to Whataburger in its little orange and white stripe building and you order your food, they give you the little tent with the number (laughs) on it with your number order and you go sit down and then they come with your food to your table because it is marked with the little number tent, the little orange and white stripe number tent. It's all tracks. And that's, yeah, you would think that that would provide some decent service. I've never had good service at a Whataburger. Ah. Maybe I'm just cursed. I don't know. But... People sing the praises of Whataburger. It used to be Texas. It doesn't really belong to Texas anymore. Oh, I know. I know, but it's so damn better than in and outs inedible fries. 
those weird potato straws that they pass off as fries as cardboard ojibas i am even less impressed by in and out i thought they were going to be a thing that was the thing Mm no um no but whataburger they have decent fries and they give you a gallon of sweet tea i mean they give you this like sweet tea their large cup is a drown your sorrows bucket (laughs) of sweet tea sweet tea is so good i mean causes you to go because it's yeah, so it, sweet. It gets, it gets that gland right at the corner of your jaw. Oh. You're like, ah, ha, ha, ha. So everything yeah. about that, I will wait 20 stupid minutes for my $5 burger. <laughs> Whenever I go to Whataburger, I don't order a burger. I like their chicken strips. Is that weird? Oh, you that and my boy. Weird. You and my boy and the chicken strips. With we, the gravy. We will get, I was going to say we'll share, but I'm not sharing my food with him. He doesn't want to share his food with me. We'll get our own chicken strips. That's right. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely the gravy. The gravy's pretty good. Um, anyway. So Whataburger. So that's Whataburger. Now, I'm just going to read you this article. It's short. So experience this with me. Here we go. <clears throat> August 9th, 2017. Houston police nicks use of fast food numbers at crime scenes. Police commanders in Houston say order numbers taken from a popular Texas fast food restaurant can no longer be used to highlight evidence at crime scenes. Wait, what? You know how they tag evidence at crime scenes with numbers? They were using Whataburger order numbers, the little orange and white striped tents to mark evidence (laughs) at crime scenes in Houston. Officers are not allowed to use the distinctive orange-colored tent-shaped numbers Whataburger customers receive so that orders can be brought to their tables. How? (laughs) How did you get so many? And in numerical relevant order, uh, police spokeswoman Jody Silva says there there were concerns use of the markers amounted to a police endorsement of Whataburger. <laughs> well, in the sense that they went so many times that they had a collector mm-hmm. set. Right. I'm sending you a picture now. I love that. Uh, oh my god. I of, don't of, what? of this situation. She says that <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> you see that picture? Yes. That is in fact crime scene tape and what I will put these pictures up on on our Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. You'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. That happened. <clears throat> she says that Officers who were waiting on crime scene investigators wanted to mark bullet casings and other evidence and borrowed the order numbers oh. from a nearby Whataburger. Oh, uh, okay. So Whataburger was just being friendly and helpful. <laughs> I suppose that could be, yes. But um, how about we just don't? Like, in a pinch, <laughs> you got any number tents in there? <laughs> we don't hey can we just take we're just gonna take the stack right here i'm just gonna take this we just... we'll bring it back i promise <laughs> like do not bring it back to me we just i think that want... once it's been marking bullets on the pavement oh. on the streets of houston it should not <laughs> return to circulation at the restaurant maybe we'll just open a fresh pack oh my okay God. oh that's <laughs> lord <laughs> and that's it those are my stories oh. you got some really good stories that's fun and i like how it Yay. was very food centric <laughs> I found the beefy crunch burrito incident and I was like, oh, oh theme. Here we go. Uh, and I had to let me tell you how hard I had to work to find food and fast food related crime where nobody died. Oh, because 
just a Debbie Downer this entire thing. Working at a fast food restaurant is apparently really fucking dangerous. Aww. Y'all be careful out there. Aww. Be careful out there. Now it's that- crazy. <laughs> don't raise the price on the burrito. Don't do it. I don't care what your manager says. <laughs> if you know that man has been in every other day for the past three weeks ordering his 99 cent burritos, you keep giving him 99 cent burritos. I don't care what they say. Okay. Moral of the story. And you know what? I'm not going to even push back on that. 99 cent burritos for everybody. Big as your face. <laughs> Big as your face burritos. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's all I've got. I'm sorry. This isn't like a super cohesive episode. I just wanted to talk about some funny stuff. I thought that was you- terrific. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for the uh, the legal insight on the spot, on the fly. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to re-listen in horror hoping that I haven't completely <laughs> mush mouthed and misstated. Please don't any please don't. We don't if anything is egregiously incorrect, I understand that you are a professional and that you have professional standards for yourself. So if we must, we will issue a correction in our next episode that will be far less amusing than this one. Because we're gonna go right back to violent crime Boom! in our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh man oh no <laughs> i need to find for you the video mm-hmm. of the chicken nugget lady yes you do because you should post it like and we should all appreciate the wildness that um anyone tempts if they mm-hmm. deny or deprive a person chicken nuggets from the drive through window right okay what we should probably do uh is uh let's read a a, read a review oh read a review okay uh somebody out there loves us let's see if i can find one good good are you gonna read it this time that'd be lovely uh i can okay because you're gonna say the part about it makes our heart pitter patter and i love that (laughs) well now i have to say it (laughs) okay hold on i'm gonna find a good one okay here we go here we go uh so uh, in case this is your first time joining us, I'm sorry, you you showed up for chaos time. Um, I promise we're normally much more narr- narratively coherent, but eh, not today. Um, but we do like to take a moment to um, to read a review from one of our wonderful listeners because they really do. They give us life. Um, they make our hearts go pity pat, <laughs> just like Stephanie likes to apparently hear me say. Um, and we have here a review from TX Sam 87 um, I don't think I've read this one before. Does that sound familiar to you? I, I mean, I don't think so. But I don't think so. Sam, okay. if we appreciate you twice, it's just because you're doubly delightful. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So uh, review, five star review entitled, Thank You! Exclamation point. <clears throat> I've always been interested in Texas history, especially the deep, dark secrets. This podcast gives pairs amazing storytelling with great deep dives into the legal aspects of these cases. Steph and Steph are a great duo. Oh, thank you. Thank you for putting such great art into the world. Keep getting these out there and I'll keep listening and recommending strongly. Exclamation point. Oh, Oh, thanks. TXM87. Thank you. That's right. Thank you so much because uh, it really does keep us going uh, when life is life is devouring us whole. We fall into the Sarlacc pit of the days. The never-ending, the run-on Wednesdays. Yeah, it, it is Wednesday the 53rd of October-vember. Right. <laughs> Who even knows what day it is anymore? Do we have, do you have, like, <sighs> I'm trying to, I normally try and close out with, like, a 
a word of wisdom. Da 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 da. Yeah. Like like a takeaway, like a Florida man or whatever, but like I got nothing. No, sometimes we have a story and then the story is broken down into the, you know, um legal nitty gritty and what are insights and thoughts and, you know, Mm -hmm. um backseat driving would be (laughs) on the case. Or armchair Monday morning quarterbacking. That's right. And then sometimes we just want to talk about some goofy stories and how the penal code addresses some of those, you know, possible (laughs) crimes. And I I would like I don't think I've ever said it and I, I want to say it now. I want a gold star. I want a plaque. I want it engraved from Things Remembered that awards me and acknowledges how many times I do not giggle like a 12-year-old every time you say penal. <laughs> what about when I say duty? <laughs> Do we? Um... Two plaques <laughs> engraved for me from Things Remembered for keeping it together every time you say penal and duty. <laughs> I am a grown-up and I demand for that to be acknowledged publicly. All right. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate you. If you'd like to contact us with feedback, suggestions for stories we can cover, questions for the lawyer lady, stuff like that, you can email us at outlawsandscornedwomen at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at OSWPodYall. That's at O-S-W-P-O-D-Y-A-L-L. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash OSWPodYall. At the moment, it gets updated about as regularly as we put out new episodes, but we are trying to get better about it, so check that out if you want to. As always, we are neither of us journalists or law enforcement, so we'll be posting links to our sources in the show notes. And I think that's it, so y'all have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Bye.